All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the NRL Hunter podcast. I'm here with our good friend, Colin Posen. Colin, oh, he's taking off his shirt. <laughs> Colin, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Travis. How are you? I'm good. It's been a, a long time since I've seen you. I miss you, my friend. I know. Uh, I barely even got to see you in Arizona when I came down to the Arizona Hunter match. Yeah, I got um, sick as a dog. So I. Yeah, that was a shame. Yeah. So. But how is it? Oh, go go ahead. Sorry. I, I was sad to see that you had gone and I, I really hadn't even gotten to talk to you yet. So it was it was a really tough weekend for me. <laughs> I'm in fact still trying to recover from from this cough. I've everything else is gone, but the cough still it's lingering around. So hopefully, uh hopefully it doesn't interrupt the show too much. Um for the those of you that haven't followed the NRL Hunter uh, podcast before. Colin, uh, if you want to just give a, a quick synopsis of who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Travis. So I got stuff coming into my... Okay. That's a great I got phone calls coming in. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I am the match director for the Buffalo Bills Revenge. It's the Hunter match held in Laramie, Wyoming. Uh, it was a huge success last year, and I'm really looking forward to uh, making it a big event this year with some cool new stuff happening. Uh, not sure if I've got everything lined out for details to tell everybody about that stuff yet, but working on it. It's going to be a cool event, uh, so I'm really excited. Uh, for everybody to come up and see that again. Um, shoot, what else have we got going on? <laughs> Colin, so Colin's being a little bit modest. He's um, last year was his first year directing a match, a, a large two-day national match. Um, he does a lot of club stuff, and he stepped up at the Buffalo Bills Revenge. And all of our matches last year were awesome, but if I were to say what one of what the top matches were, you're definitely in that top three. Like Colin produced all, I love all our match directors. It's like picking your favorite kid, but screw it. Colin <laughs> was so organized, such an amazing course of fire, awesome staff. His family was there to help support him. I mean, your match was, your match was so good. Um, like, like, I didn't feel like I had anything to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate that. That's uh, that's very high praise because you you were at every match last year, and so I I feel honored to to be in in good company with with very organized people. Uh, I think that that probably it trickles down from the fact that I'm an engineer, and so I like to plan things out and have a contingency plan for everything I can. Well, I mean. I don't know, honestly, it was being your first large match like that. I don't know how you pulled it off, but you did. And, and I'm, I want to keep saying how good you did, but I don't want to set such high expectations when everybody comes to your match. You're like, what the hell are you talking about, Travis? No, Colin, Colin truly puts on a great match. Um, his awards banquet was, I, I forget the name of that brew hall, but that brewery was awesome. So we are going back to Bonds Brewing again. Bonds um, Brewing. They were so yeah. cool. They, they, they brew everything there in-house, and they've got some other cool stuff that they're working on here in town. 
and they are again going to host the awards ceremony and we're going to do a social hour down there Friday night. Uh, so that is going to be super awesome and I really appreciate the help that that Jay and Mallory Bond, uh, the owners have have really stepped up to help us again. Yeah, they had a great uh, did a great job last year. Uh, beautiful venue, awesome decor. Um, only thing I'm going to tell people is they don't serve. Well, last year they didn't serve hard liquor. Only only beer and mm-hmm. I think beer and wine. So if you're a whiskey drinker or, or something like that, um, you know they don't do the hard liquor stuff. But their craft beers and their service and their team are just top notch. Yeah, and they do have uh, they have some seltzer options and and some soft drinks and stuff. They brew their own root beer there too, which is non alcoholic. So lots of cool stuff. Actually, I, I did have that root beer last year, and that was pretty amazing. It's a uh, it's a good time there for sure. So your match is taking place April 29th through May 1st in in Laramie, Wyoming. Um, it's going to be at your local gun club, correct? Yep, we're going to host it at the same range again. So what last year you covered what a mile and a half, two miles worth of land? Yeah, it was it was kind of a big long string that was stretched out about a mile and a half long. Um, and so all of our shoot positions were essentially parallel to each other, uh, shooting in the same general direction of fire. And are we doing the same type of setup this year? Or are you going to change things up? What, what's your what, what's going through your head? Have you even thought about uh, that? I have. So I've been I need to do a little bit more reconnaissance to, to proof it out. But I believe that I can get more of a horseshoe line of fire where we're shooting to the outside and so that'll offer people more opportunity to test their wind calling skills because you're not going to be shooting the same general direction dealing with the same right same general wind or wind calls very cool and then i i can't remember what the stage number was last year um i mean I, it's been to so many matches i apologize but i remember <laughs> I think it was the stage that Jimmy and his buddy Ray, I think his buddy's name's Ray, yep. were ROing, um, where you had to move like three or four times down this line of brush and shooting out into the targets. So I'm just going to warn everybody, if you guys see that general type of stage like last year, I, no kidding, saw at least a dozen people put their, their knees and, and manhood parts into cactus. And it was quite entertaining. Yeah, we we are definitely a high desert up here, so we have we have cactus to deal with. Uh, we have a lot of the scrub oak, which is a about a three to four foot tall, just scraggly brush, and it it's not very forgiving. Uh, it's pretty rough, so I suggest wearing long pants. Don't come out in shorts because we're going to be walking through some of that. Uh, similar to last year, we are also going to be walking the course so that you're going to be distant from your vehicles our parking is going to be um, down at the bottom of the hill we'll make sure to transport you at least close to your start stage for the day but then you're just going to track along uh, between stages and and you're never going to see your vehicle until you get back at the end of the day very cool so kind of like a, a true day hunting scenario very very similar yep I mean, your, your terrain is absolutely true. And what I mean by that is I think driving up to the, 
driving up to the range last year, we probably saw at least two or three dozen antelope. So there's mm-hmm. antelope everywhere. So it's it's truly natural hunting terrain. Um, you've got a couple of, of deep draws and canyons out there. Um, yep. I remember last year you made people run up a pretty steep hill to get into a couple of different firing positions, which was pretty brutal, but entertaining to watch, especially some of the more out of shape people. <laughs> um, I, I got a lot of crap for that stage. <laughs> and uh, Chris Davis, who's one of our, our locals that helps with some of the, the local events we do here. Um, on the RO day, he looked at it and I think it was, it was blowing snow at that point during the RO shoot. And he looks up the hill and goes, I got to run where? Nope, I'm out. <laughs> and, and like willingly took a zero on that stage um, for the RO shoot. And then he was absolutely ecstatic to get to be at the top of the hill and watch everybody else try and <laughs> run up the hill to him to shoot. So uh that was one of those stages where you got to have pretty thick skin as an ro to to realize that these competitors are are not going to be super happy all the time right um and so that was that was totally on me as a match director i i made that stage very difficult um i I love it i i absolutely i did too i thought it was a great stage yeah um i I hope you keep it or have something similar because I mean, if you hunt long enough, you're going to be in that position where you see something and you got to run up to the top of the hill to make sure that that's what you saw or to get into a better position. Right. So without a doubt. Yeah. It's, it's entirely a a true hunting scenario. So I, uh, I will see what I can put together for everybody. (laughs) So last year, I mean, if I remember correctly, you were sold out or just about sold out at your match. Mm -hmm. It went pretty quick. Um, this year, are we still keeping it to the, the 100? Or was it 100, 120 people? So I had, including ROs and, and some of the sponsors, I had 112 competitors on the score sheet. And so what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and open it because it was uh, it ran so smoothly last year. I think that I'm going to open it up to about 130 to 140 total. Awesome. So we've got a few more slots available. And, and that just offers everybody else an opportunity to come see what we've got going on here in Wyoming. Nice. So for those of you that have never traveled to Wyoming, um, every time I've been to Wyoming, your weather is like total, like psycho. Like it'll be, like you said, snowing one day, super windy the next, 90 degrees the next, back to snowing all within a weekend. Is that something that's typical during that April, May timeframe? Or is it, what, what can people, what do you predict people will expect weather-wise? Yeah, it is actually. Uh, we, we have a joke around here that says, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Uh, because it'll, it'll inevitably change on you. Um, the problem with that is that it always changes for the worse when you're not wanting it to. <laughs> right. So... Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we had some snow on Friday last year and then Saturday it was nice and sunny and, and beautiful, uh, winds, winds less than 12 mile an hour, which is probably our, our high to average. 
and then Sunday was a little bit windier, but we got done a lot earlier too. Uh, and so, yeah, absolutely plan for anything from, from some blowing snow to uh, 60 degree weather. So you truly have to pack for every scenario. Yeah, the benefit though is that, you know, if you're going on a day hunt, you can you can stash everything in your truck to, to deal with snow or rain or uh, sunshine, and then look at the forecast that day and just pack what you're going to need for that day. Well, that's that's the tricky part though, is you could start off in the morning and it could be, you know, in the 30s in the afternoon that can get as high as the 50s or 60s where you're shedding layers, obviously. But before you're done, it gets back down into the 30s. So it's like, it's a challenge to to hunt and, do, you know, do competitions and things of that nature in Wyoming. Yeah, it is. And so that's that's something that I've learned from all of my experience being outside is just that if you're going to, if you if you know you're going to be active, you need to start off being cold if you're standing there, and then you can do jumping jacks or whatever to stay warm. Uh, but if you have too many extra layers on, and your pack becomes this unmanageable puffball, right? Uh, I don't I don't know. Maybe that maybe that helps because a lot of guys tend to use their pack as a as a filler bag when they're trying to shoot stuff too. So. Take your pick. It, it's really tough because over the past several years of traveling, you know, to matches and stuff around the country, mm-hmm. um, I always tend to overpack. And I've noticed that because I'll come home from a match or whatever, and I'll see that I have clean clothes that weren't worn. So obviously I didn't need them. But you just never know what to expect when you're going to Wyoming. So I always tend to definitely overpack when I'm heading your way. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, with, without a doubt. And, and I'm just as guilty of the same thing, but it's easy enough to throw it in the truck and leave it in the truck if you don't use it. There you go. <clears throat> so besides batch stuff, you are also one of the top field-style precision rifle competitors in the nation. You shoot individually as well as team. Now, the reason I bring this up is because NRL Hunter just introduced the team division uh, for this year. And I'm curious if you plan to shoot a match as a team with one of your old CD buddies or maybe somebody new. Um, that is a, that's a good question. So I, I really want to shoot one of these matches as a team. Um, and it was, it was exciting to watch the scores from Oklahoma, even, even though I wasn't at the match. So my, my primary shooting partner for these competition dynamics and, uh, other field match events is Andy Reinhardt. And we, we've gone back and forth jokingly saying that the heavy rifle isn't the answer to managing recoil. It's, it's a well-balanced rifle. Right whether that rifle is 11 and a half pounds or 16 pounds, I don't think it makes much difference as long as it's set up right. And because neither of us were at that event together, um, we've now both shot. And I think he placed third at that. 
I think so. His light rifle. Um, and I got second in Arizona with my light rifle. And so I'm really curious to see what would happen uh, if we can both make it to the same event and both shoot light guns. I think if you guys went and shot light, heavy, factory, whatever it was, <clears throat> just because of you guys' chemistry and how long you guys have been working together as a team, I, I think you guys would kick ass. Uh, probably. I mean, it was really cool to see Isaiah and Chris, uh, nope. who won the team division in Oklahoma. Uh, and also shoot CD. And also shoot CD. So yeah. uh, we shot the CD team safari last fall against Isaiah and Chris. And our field match scores were nearly identical really? uh, across the course of fire. Um, and, and they ended up doing a little bit better on the assault stages, which is something that the hunter stuff doesn't have, but CD right. does. And so they ended up beating us out and getting second and we got third at that event. So uh -huh. it, it would be really interesting to see how that shakes out because I think that we're, we're probably fairly equivalent shooters. I, I think that the dynamic of you four competing against each other would make for great entertainment. You know, you guys... uh, I, I don't know if I agree with that just because we're, like when we're on the course, we're, we're super involved, but when we come off the course, we're like super hermits. We just go home and cook dinner and we, we don't go do a whole lot. So no, 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 no. If, if I got you two, you and Andy together and Isaiah and Chris together shooting, shooting a match and we just stayed on you guys the whole time, it would be entertaining as heck. It would be just so funny to watch because you guys, yeah, you guys, you're a little bit quiet. Andy can be a little bit quiet. I remember the first time I met Andy, I offered to buy him a drink and he was like totally scared of me or shocked or whatever. But, you know, whatever. I think once we uh, once we kind of broke that that uh, shell, I think it would be funny as heck to watch you guys just go and battle it out. Uh, yeah, Andy and I joke about it. You have to find your shooting life partner. Uh, Andy and I have been shooting together for five, almost six years. Wow. Uh, oftentimes against each other in the individual events and then as, as teams on and off. And so it, it's kind of like listening to a married couple sometimes. Yes. You, you bicker, you, you make fun of each other, you, you congratulate each other on the wins, and you, you make sure that you, you don't get too, uh, too caught up in, in things that maybe one partner didn't see go well. But overall, it, it's just a fun time to be out there with your good friends. So. I agree, but I'm curious, how do you manage that frustration? Because I've shot matches with Brittany and like where we're trying to help each other, you know, a little bit, whatever. And if she doesn't understand what I'm trying to say during a match, I get so frustrated. And she's the same way, vice versa. Like she looks at me like I'm the dumbest person in the world because I don't understand what she's trying to tell me. Um, how do you guys manage that aspect of your shooting relationship? Uh, 
So I think the, the really big thing that you touched on there is that you got to both speak the same language. And just like with your spouse, it's, you don't always talk the same truth because you're you, the way you communicate is different. And at least with my, at least with a shooting partner, you got to be able to talk to each other the same and make sure you're both on the same page. And if, if that happens, then everything else just kind of tends to fall in place. But if you don't find someone that communicates similarly or learn to communicate with your partner well, uh, everything's going to start flying. You're going to have gear everywhere. You're going to have ranges flying back and forth. No, it was this range. No, it was that range. No, my data says X. No, it said Y. Yeah. Uh, so everything can go wrong really fast. But that communication thing is is probably the most important for for making sure that everything comes together. And then just both learning to stay calm. Um, you can get wound up on on the clock for what you're doing, but you cannot you cannot stress your partner out uh, without something going horribly wrong. So you have to be, yeah, you have to be calm and consistent while your partner is shooting, I think. I, I agree with that. You, you have to be, you have to be, you have to have a certain level of understanding and forgiveness, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a trust thing. You have to trust them to do their process and make sure that they trust you to do yours right. because those processes might not be the same. I, I agree. So with that being said, there has to be a time that Andy did something complete bonehead that, that cost you a point or cost you the match. And I want to know. Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. And I, oh, come I gotta on. You know, you know, Andy would be taking full advantage of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would. Uh, so if, if Andy was, I, I, I got to make fun of Andy because he's a, he's a firearms instructor. Yes. And so we, we were both jokingly, trying to do better on our pistol uh, for some of the CD team events. And man, we just, we were having a hard time connecting with pistol targets. And so we get up there and the way the stage is set up, every time a shooter misses the plate, they had to swap positions. Okay. And so the, the partner had to come in and then shoot the same plate, be, albeit with their gun. but it seemed like it was a hit miss and then Andy would come up and go miss. And then we'd have to switch and I'd go hit miss. Uh, so it was kind of funny getting through that, but that was probably the, the latest iteration of, of one of the bonehead things we did. So we, we got some work to do on our pistols, but as far as rifle stuff, uh, you know, a Andy is such a consistent shooter that, it, it is hard to keep up with him sometimes. It is. It, it is. And I watch both of you guys, you know, over the years through NRL, CD, NRL Hunter, I've watched both of you guys compete. And you're both serious competitors, but you guys both always have fun. But watching you guys is, is different. And you guys both have... I don't know, without sounding spiritual or, or weird, almost like a Zen type of approach 
when you guys get into it, it's like you're so hyper focused on what you're doing and what your your goal is to accomplish things. It's like nothing in the world matter, nothing else in the world at that moment matters, and it's pretty amazing to watch. Um, yeah, I think you know that's a you bring up a really good point, and I've been shooting precision rifle for nearly ten years now, um, and it was something that was definitely learned. So it's just like anything. When you, when you step behind the wheel of a vehicle, you get in the mindset to drive a vehicle and you plan, you think about what you're gonna do from the time that you leave your parking spot to where you're gonna park. Right. And the same thing um, can be learned to, to be done with a, a rifle on a stage. And so uh, I got into this precision rifle game to become a better hunter. And then it evolved into what, what we had with the race series, um, you know, I shot a number of, of matches like that over the years. And then the field matches with CD and now NRL Hunter, um, it's, it's definitely something that you have to, you have to step into and learn, but you can get behind a rifle and it is absolutely a Zen moment. You can clear your mind of everything except for paying attention to what the leaves are doing downrange to read your wind and how it feels on your face to uh, what your target ranges are and making sure that you've got your data written down to make, make a good hit um, and pulling all that stuff together. And then if, if you're trying to do movements on the clock, there, there's a whole nother added element to that, but I think, I think you got to have fun with it too. I mean, we're human. You got to understand that even if you can jump into this Zen moment, laying down prone shooting, uh, you go to move and now you're breaking your mindset too. So you got to be able to uh, get up and move and then settle back into it. Very well said. Yeah. I, true. I mean, it's all very true. It's, it's crazy because there's very few people that I have witnessed that are able to do that and do that consistently, right? You'll see somebody, you know, for, you know, a couple of shots there in that moment and everything's going perfect. And then the next moment it's complete chaos, you know, whether it's because they have to break position or there was a malfunction or, or whatever it was. You miss a wind call. No, I think that, I think that that's something that that really pulls people out of that moment. You can go, okay, cool, hit, hit. You go to your next target. Whiff. Oh, whoa! You know, like it's a whole mindset change if you if you don't take some of that input in and and correct for it. Right, and a lot of people get confused, right? Because they go hit, uh-huh. hit, and it's it's virtually the same target just at a different angle or whatever it is, right? Yep. And, and they're missing and they can't comprehend why they missed when they were just hitting so perfectly on mm-hmm. the before <clears throat> that it really throws them off of their game. Um, but that's why I, I thought it was really cool at the beginning of the show when you said that you're gonna try to set up more of a horseshoe type mm-hmm. of sh- uh, firing line so that you can experience, you know, 
virtually three three different angles of wind, right? I mean, yep. So that's kind of my hope. That's awesome. So <clears throat> I don't remember where we first met. I'm pretty. I'm ninety percent sure it was at a CD match. Yes, I think it was at a CD match, and I think that we had the same problem last year when we did a, our podcast. And I want to say that it was probably the team challenge. Which one? In Douglas. <laughs> in, okay. So I got my start, you know, my, my major start filming a precision rifle competition mm -hmm. with CD. Mm -hmm. And it, it's fair to say, and I, I said this at your award ceremony, it's fair to say that without CD giving me that opportunity, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. You and I wouldn't be talking today, right? That's fair. <laughs> and it's, I think it's awesome that we are now kind of coming full circle because this year, Competition Dynamics and the NRL Hunter have teamed up to put together a savage extreme backcountry hunter match, which you are also a co-match director with the CD guys. Yeah. So, so I'm super stoked to bring this, this group of people together because I love the CD guys. I love working with them. And to me, they're the best in the industry at team matches. Yeah, so a little bit of background on that. Uh, CD or Competition Dynamics is Zach Smith. And then Jimmy Holdsworth is his right-hand man. and. So I started shooting the CD matches. And then as I became friends with those guys, uh, they found out I was really good with mapping. And so they asked me to help them with their adventure race. The SAC. Uh, which, is, which is the SAC, the Sniper Adventure Challenge. And so for the last five years, I have helped them and designed the adventure race course, plotting and mapping points for these competitors to go land navigate to with paper map and compass. I didn't know that. That's very cool. Yep. And so I've been putting together the land nav course um, and setting points for that event. And so when you came to CD and said, we want to do backcountry hunter thing, it was a, it was a no brainer for, for me to jump on and say, yes, absolutely. I want to help with that because I enjoy, I enjoy so much of that mapping and orienteering and, and really defining how to make people move around a, a, a piece of land. You like play like puppet master. <laughs> uh, it, it's a, it's not quite that, but it is definitely, <laughs> I like making people walk up and over steep ridges, uh, unless they want to walk around <laughs> nice so this is actually one of the questions that i've gotten about this match well let's talk about the match real quick <clears throat> so the match is play taking place oh my gosh i have to look at my calendar what is it uh september 22nd i believe yep uh boom, 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 boom. yep september 22nd through the 25th so it's a team match People can sign up on the Competition Dynamics uh, website. And mm -hmm. you basically, you register, you, you check in, 
that Thursday, and then you have to carry in all of your gear for the next three nights and four days, and you can't go back to your vehicle. If you go back to your vehicle, it's a DQ. That's that's the plan as I understand it right now. That's the right. So, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have everybody go in. Um, we're gonna kind of do probably gonna end up being a little bit of a road march from the from the parking area up to our campsite. Um, you're gonna set up your own spike camp uh, for you and your partner, the teammate, and then we're gonna have some shooting challenges during the day, some other challenges. Uh, they could be a little mix of everything outdoor related. Yep. And then you're going to come back to your spike camp at the end of every day and, and have your meal and rest and relax and then get up the next day and, and go do some more shooting and, and hunting challenges. This is, um, this is an event I've been talking about wanting to do for a while. So when I, you know, when I thought about doing it, I was like, CD has to be, you know, they have to be the, my partner in this, so to speak, right? Um, one of the main questions that I'm getting from, from people about the land navigation, since now I know you're the, you're the, the mastermind behind this, I don't know if that's good or bad, is, is the land navigation going to be all compass and paper driven? Or is it going to, be, are people going to be able to use their GPSs as most people do hunting nowadays? Um, I don't think we've fully defined what that looks like yet. Oh, um, do you want it to be? So what, what I would like to see is that I don't want to handicap anybody because they don't have access to a, a super high-end GPS. Because um, they're not cheap. Because they're not cheap. And so in my mind, it would, be, it would be nice to be able to just do terrain association to find some of these points. And then I would like to include some of the, some of the map planning and plotting and route calculation stuff that you can't necessarily do on a GPS because those things are important. I believe that they're important to being a good backcountry sportsman. Absolutely. I mean, cell phones die, batteries die, things break. I mean, there's all kinds of different, you know, unknown variables that can take place that could wipe out all of your luxury items, quote unquote, yep. um, and leave you stranded. Absolutely. So, oh, oh good. Complete your thoughts, sir. Sorry. So just as a backup, I have always carried a paper map with me, whether or not I had a compass or not, that that may not be true, but <laughs> at least with a paper map, I could kind of situate myself and do some terrain association. But that that is hard to do without without some extra tools like a, like having your compass. Your, right. your map is only as good as you can orient it. Yeah. Um, and if, if you're in the map, it's just a piece of paper. Yeah. If if you're just in uh, in a bottom of a valley with you know no good defined points it's super hard to associate where you're at 
So I don't know if this is going to happen, but now that I know you're the man in charge of the, the navigation part of it, um, I had a great meeting with the CEO of Basemap this past weekend at the Utah Hunt Show, Great Western Outdoors, and he is super nice. excited about this match. So Good. we might be able to, depending on what, how, if, or how they want to get involved, I might be giving this contact to you to, to maybe help figure out how to plot some things in, in their app so that uh, our competitors can figure it out. Yeah, no, that'd be super cool. So backcountry match, man, this is, um, this is going to be pretty, pretty tough. When I was talking to Jimmy and Zach about it, they're talking about, you know, they could have upwards of a hundred plus teams if, if, uh, if the demand's there for it. I know people are signing up already. I know um, the NRL Hunter sponsored an all-female team. So we, we got Janae Frainer and Andy Kloniger uh, going out there to compete, which, which should be really interesting because I think Adam Kloniger, her husband, is going to compete against her. Yep. Um, I, have, I have talked to all three of those, Scott, all three of those folks. And uh, Adam was texting me and asking me a couple questions. And I actually got to shoot really close to Janae in Arizona. So she was asking me questions and they're trying so to get I think, Yeah, exactly. Uh, if, if you want to try and weasel some information out from me, you can try it. I'm available on all the platforms. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to give you actually any info because half the time, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So I know we're getting close to our, our, our time, you know, time frame here. <clears throat> but before we we go, what's up with Fehu? What's new? What's going on? I know you and I've been working on a couple of projects, and we've been talking about possible, you know, expansion or or uh, new things happening. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, so <coughs> Fehu Outdoors is my little soft goods company that I run on the side, and uh, I have a website, fehuoutdoors.com. And so all the stuff that I make is stuff that I felt was a, a, a need within our shooting community and, and our hunting community. And so there's cool stuff on there. Uh, I'm working on getting more of the Tilpasa backpack that I designed uh, made so that more people can get those in their hands. Um, I know, I know that demand for those right now. There is a there's more demand than I can keep up with. So that's awesome to see. I'm glad everybody really likes that. Um, I think people are really appreciating the, the design of that bag um, because it is it's modular. I mean, everybody can can truly adapt it to what they're carrying for the day or for a match, and so that's super cool to see. Uh, I got that in pipeline so that hopefully here mid-year, uh, we can start seeing some more of those get out the door. Very cool. And I know we just worked on a project together where you supplied uh, a really cool uh, water, waterproof, water-resistant uh, yep. bag for our med kits. That was put together by Independence Training. Uh, we've sold quite a few of those already. Um, 
the great thing for everyone that's listening, the great thing about Colin is he's literally like he's an engineer by trade. That's what his day job is. But he's literally spending all of his wake, you know, awake time when he's not with his family, handcrafting and designing all the different items that you see on the Fehu Outdoors website. So, you know, the stuff's not made in China. This stuff is not made by, by somebody who doesn't care. This is, each piece is being handmade by him. So when you grab one of his bags and you see a little spot of blood, it's because Colin was working hard. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I've never seen a spot of blood on, on any of your stuff. But uh, yeah, the, the ones that get blood on them because I like smashed my finger or something, those are the ones that I end up using. Demos. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Right now, um, I'm making all this stuff in my basement. Um, so it's all made on the same sewing machine. It's not like a big team of people behind me doing anything. Uh, and so it does take a little bit of time if you order something because it's it's still just me trying to fulfill orders and get things yeah. made. Yeah, it's yep. handmade. It's, I mean, it's awesome. I know, um, I know when you get caught up with all your stuff, there's, there's another, you know, I want to order another backpack and some other stuff. Um, I love the bag I have right now. So it's, you know, it's great stuff. If you guys, any of you guys out there are looking for some cool, soft goods, unique stuff, um, hit up Colin, you know, all his contact information is on his website, social media, all that kind of good stuff. But the cool thing about Colin is if you, catch him at the right time, he can also do custom colors for you. So I know that I've seen the, the Kapasa backpack in a wide variety of different configurations color-wise. And yep. a lot of your other, um, oh my God, I'm gonna forget the name of it, this bag. Uh, what, what's oh it? yeah, my, uh, my brass and ammo bag. Brass and ammo bag. I love this thing. I, I keep this brass and ammo bag I have one in each of my side doors of my truck full of ammo. <laughs> yeah, so, that's awesome. I, I, I'm really glad to see everybody using those. Um, I do have, I do have various colors. So if you hit me up, I don't, I don't usually charge a big surcharge for a custom color or something. If it's one or two pieces, um, if you want to order like 20 of them, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, I've, absolutely have stuff on hand and I can customize stuff for you. I've made, I've made that same bag in purple and black and neon colors and black and silver and grays and multi-cam. Yep. I've got uh, mine in neon orange. Yeah. Travis is, is tan and orange. Um, kind of the standard color that I do is, is a tan and gray. So Yep. If you want something, let me know. Yeah, go and, check. And out. I, I carry I carry as much stock as I have on hand to every match. So catch me and you buy something on site too. Or show up to his match and maybe win something off the price table. Yeah, absolutely. So all right. So we're at that time. Anything that you'd like to say to our listeners before we sign off here? Uh Feel free to hit up my match. Um, I know that it's going to be awesome. I'm not biased or anything about that. 
because it's the same weekend, if you're not close to Wyoming, consider hitting Jim C's match because I know he's going to do a good job with that too. Yep. So we have Buffalo Bills Revenge, April 29th, May 1st in Laramie, Wyoming. Colin uh, is our match director. It's going to be a great time. Um, like Colin just said, you know, there's another match on the other side of the country at the Little Hunt in the Prairie in, in Decorah, Iowa. Uh, so if you can't make one, make sure you go to the other. And I'm going to, I didn't mention this, but I'm going to tell you this right now as a closing thought for you. I spoke to probably six of the, what I would consider the most major hunting type companies at the uh, Western Hunting Expo last weekend. You know, so like Go Hunt, Phelps Game Calls, uh, some of the big companies that I like out there. And all of them were saying that they're trying to get to your match. Perfect. All That's exactly them. what I want to hear. So, yeah, you might have you might have a little bit of hunting, quote unquote, hunting celebrity overload at your match. I, I don't know for sure, but they were all talking about, yeah, that that match in Wyoming. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Perfect. So. So you guys, if you guys want more information about uh, Collins match or any of the matches for NRO Hunter, visit, excuse me, visit nrohunter.org. Uh, if you want information about Collins uh, Fehu line, it's fehuoutdoors.com. And then for information on the Savage Extreme Backcountry Hunter match put on by Competition Dynamics and NRO Hunter, go to Competition Dynamics website and you can find out everything you need to know about all of the matches and all the great companies that are coming together to make sure you guys have a, a, a great experience this year. Colin, man, it, it, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I can't wait to see you at a, at a match and I look forward to, uh, to hanging out with you soon, brother. No, absolutely, man. I always appreciate it. We'll see you at the next match. Sounds good for everyone tuned in today. We appreciate your time. Stay safe, keep shooting, and we'll see you all at the range. Take care.